Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jonathan Rickert, and I lead the Sunday service teams here at Church in the Valley. Alex uh, Barrett, our campus pastor, he's actually leading a missions team right now in Thailand uh, for over the next week. So I'm going to be subbing for him today. And where we are, we're actually in the fourth week of a message series called Minor Prophets, Major Mission. Um, And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at some of the shorter books in the Old Testament and the very important messages that are in those books. Uh, We started out by looking at the book of Jonah and uh, the message that, you know, God really loves those who are far from him and really calls us to join him on mission in trying to show those people his love. Uh, The next week we looked at the book of Habakkuk. And what we learned there is that we need to be faithful even when things look bleak and that God will bring about justice and fulfill his promises in his time. Um, Last week, we looked at the book of Malachi and how God calls us to buy into the mission with our full hearts um, and all of our resources. Today, we're going to be looking at the book of Haggai. Um, And Haggai is actually a really helpful and um, powerful book because it addresses a question that I think most of us wrestle with at some point or another. And that's that's the question of why sometimes in life it seems like we can't really make any traction. We can't get any progress. You know, even when we're doing everything right, we can't make it the direction that we're trying to go. Um, And this can be, you know, I'm sure you've experienced it. This is a really frustrating place to be in, to be unable to get things to move where you want them to go. Um, and you just kind of find yourself stuck in life. Uh, it can happen in a lot of different ways. Perhaps, you know, you were in a class where you were working really, really hard and you just couldn't get that grade that you were after. Or maybe, you know, despite working on your car again and again and again, it just keeps breaking down. Or perhaps even, you know, you're trying to grow your finances, your resources, and, you know, even no matter how smart you are, you're just not seeing any progress in that area of life. Um, I work in the field of architecture as a designer. Um, I work for a firm here in downtown LA. And um, one of the things that I've struggled with in this area is I really wanted to do a specific type of thing in my work. I really enjoy designing. And so that's really what I was pursuing in work. And I have actually found um, that there was a point in life that no matter how much I tried to maneuver, tried to position myself where I was gonna be able to do this work that I wanted to do, I was just stuck. I couldn't make any progress. I couldn't go where I wanted to go. Um, And that was really frustrating. Well, this is exactly what was going on for the people of Judah um, during what this book, the book of Haggai, records. Um, He came as a prophet of God and really helped the people connect the dots between what was going on in their life and sort of this being in this position of, of being stuck and help them see the bigger picture of what was causing that. So let's go ahead and dive into that. Um, the book of Haggai, um, well, in the book of Habakkuk, which we looked at a few weeks ago, uh, the people were warned that, you know, if they did not obey God, then a foreign people were going to come in and take them over, um, that they were going to be overthrown. And the people didn't change their ways. They were overthrown. Around 586 B.C., the people of Judah were conquered by the Babylonians. So the people, the Babylonians came in, they took down all the walls of Jerusalem, and they, they knocked down the temple of God. And the people of Judah were actually taken into captivity into Babylon. So they were transported out of where they were from, their, that promised land that God had given them, and taken to Babylon. 
And over time, uh, the people's hearts really changed. They began to repent, to turn away from how they had been disobeying God. And so God actually, after 70 years of captivity, God changed the hearts of the Babylonian rulers so that the people could be released and go back to their promised land with the assignment that they were to rebuild the temple of God there. And so the people did. They, they left Babylon. They returned to uh, the Jerusalem. And, but they spent about a year working on the temple, got its foundation laid, and then they got stuck. They kind of just stalled out and stopped. And that's when Haggai jumps in. It's, it was around 520 B.C., which was 18 years after the people had come back and um, what he was really trying to do is trying to get them back on mission, to get them back going in the direction that they needed to be going, to you know, complete this assignment that God had given them. And he showed them why they were in this position that we talked about, of being stuck, where they couldn't make any traction in life. They couldn't really get where they needed to go. So as you read this book of Habakkuk, that was sort of a general background. As you read this book of Habakkuk, what you find is that there's a major theme. And that major theme is that mixed up priorities are a source of trouble. And therefore, we need to carefully align ourselves with God's will and God's ways. Again, I'm going to say that again because it's really important. Mixed up priorities are a source of real trouble. We therefore need to align ourselves with God's will and God's ways. When Haggai addressed the people... They had stopped working on the temple for 17 years. You know, what, what had happened is they really had shifted their priorities from obeying God and seeking to build up his kingdom and really shifted it more to building up their own kingdom. So he'd given them an assignment, and instead of pursuing it, they actually began to pursue their own comfort. And really in doing this, what they did is they made a mistake. Um, with the, and that mistake was really that they let their priorities get all out of whack. If we look at Habakkuk 1, 3 through 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? And the house that God is referring to there was the temple. Um, so, again, the people who were supposed to be building this temple, they got started, but then they just let it lie in ruins and began to do everything, other things. Their pr- priorities were really just in the wrong place. And so instead of seeking to obey God as their highest priority, it really took a backseat to whatever they wanted now. Um, now, I don't know about you. This is actually a really easy mistake that I can fall into. Um, you know, I can really get excited about some opportunity I see in the future. Um, you know, maybe something's going on at work that I really want to delve into. Or even maybe there's something I want to buy. You know, I want a really cool fidget spinner. You know, and so there's my heart can really go out to these things and my priorities can get begin to get out of whack. Um, As I mentioned, I uh, work in an architecture firm as part of my training for that. I went to a three year graduate school. Um, And for those of you who don't know, architecture tends to be a pretty intense program in regards to study. It's sort of a mix of art and engineering. And so what often happens is that it's taught from this position of passion is that the professors kind of are very passionate about this profession, and they really encourage their students to be very passionate about it. And what happens is all of life can begin to get surrounded around this one thing of architecture, you know, this one job. Um, And so when I was in grad school, I actually let this begin to happen to my life. You know, I, I, I started to let my priorities get out of place. And instead of looking at God and his kingdom and what needed to happen there, I was looking at this thing that I really enjoyed doing 
design. And it started to become everything that I was pursuing, what I wanted to do. Now, I've graduated over six years ago, and I actually still deal with some of the consequences of that time where I had made that mistake of letting my get my priorities get misaligned from God's. You know, if we're not careful, it is really easy to follow the same mistake that the people of Judah did. And this mistake actually leads us into trouble. Um, And that trouble is the trouble we talked about. It's a trouble of getting stuck of where we're not able to make traction in life. We're not able to make progress in life um, and to move forward. If we look at Haggai 1, 5 through 6, we see it say, Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you are never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. And I don't know about you, but this sounds pretty depressing to me. Um, you know, who wants to be in this constant place of never being satisfied, of always just needing and wanting more? You know, I, it's hard to imagine being cold today, but, you know, always being cold, you know, ne- always, you know, never again, just never having enough. But that's that's where the people were at. They were working, but they weren't getting the results that they expected. You know, they were actually sowing. It's not like they were sitting around doing nothing. They were sowing, but then a harvest was not coming in. What they were finding is that they were just hitting up on roadblocks and hindrances. You know, it's like one of those dreams. Have you ever had one of these dreams where you're running, you're running to something really important, no matter how hard, how fast you run, you're just like, come on, I can get there. You know, it's just, you're just stuck. You're not moving anywhere. And that's really frustrating. This was their life. This was the place that they were in. They couldn't make progress. Um, And going back to that time in graduate school I talked about earlier, this is actually something that I experienced. Um, Actually, it was a time where I found that I didn't grow as much with God as I really should have or wished I did. And uh, what happened is as my priorities started to get out of place, I really stopped making progress and actually even backpedaled some in my relationship with God. Um, And it really caused problems with me, as I said, making progress, making traction. And after school, I actually found that same thing is that, you know, I, I went into this career and I was really hoping to take it a certain direction and I just couldn't make it there. You know, no matter what I did, I couldn't find that type of work that I was looking for. Um, And it was really just stalled. So we have that mistake. You know, are are we shifting our priorities into the wrong place? That's what the people of Judah. And this led to trouble that they weren't getting fulfilled. You know, they weren't seeing the results that they're looking for. So what's the source of that trouble, though? You know, where is that coming from? Why is it so hard? And what we see in the book of Haggai is that it's actually God who brings the trouble into people's lives in this circumstance. If we look at Haggai 1, 7 through 11, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now, if you remember back to that other verse that we just looked at, it also said, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring, new, bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified, thus says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own houses. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew. The earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and on the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, 
on what the ground brings forth, on man, on beast, and all their laborers. That's a lot of things that aren't making any progress. A lot of things that God has brought drought on. I mean, imagine drought being brought on your labor. Um, He made it so that whatever they tried to produce, it did not work. It did not move forward. And, you know, why is that? Um, It's not that God needed a house to live in. You know, we know from the New Testament that, you know, God does not live in temples made by human hands. Um, What God was doing is he was responding to people having mixed up priorities by acting like a loving father. If we look in Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, we see it say, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. God reproved the people in order to bring them back to himself. So the people had done is, you know, they had turned from following God and were looking for fulfillment. We're looking for meaning, for satisfaction in other things in life. So they were essentially trying to obtain a good life, which God wants us to have a good life, but they were trying to obtain that separate from God, outside of God. They were looking for other things that they hoped would fulfill them. And the problem with this is that nothing in the world can give us meaning and fulfillment. Nothing in the world can give us meaning and fulfillment. So before allowing the people to go too far down this fruitless path to where they were not going to find the things that they were looking for, God foiled their attempts um, and really to try to turn their hearts back to him. I have a picture up here I want you guys to take a look at. And this is a picture of the, I I don't know if I'm saying this right, but the Yatur forest. Um, And I actually think this is a great picture of a spiritual reality of life. Um, You know, as you can see, there's sort of this stark, you can follow my hand there, there's sort of this stark line in the landscape where this, you know, sort of abundant, lush forest suddenly ends and where you suddenly move to this desert, this wasteland. Um, And, you know, again, this is actually a good picture of real life. We have the opportunity to be in this forest, to be in a place of cool shade, which, again, is so important on a day like today. Being a place of cool shade, you know, a place where there's food, where there's water, where we can get rest and joy. And we're in that land when we're aligned with God. That comes from following God and being in relationship and fellowship with him. John 10.10 tells us that Jesus said that he came that we could have abundant life. Um, But that life, again, that comes in connection with God. And the reality of life is not only is there's this nice forest we can be in, but there's also a desert, a wasteland. Um, And, you know, we may think, oh, well, it's obvious. Don't go into the desert, stupid. The problem is, is that the desert calls to us. It's constantly calling to us. And it shows us these mirages of fulfillment, of joy, of everything that we want, completely separated from God, where it doesn't require that we follow God. Um, You know, and it says, hey, you know what? You can have a good life, and it's a life that's all about you. You can have a good life, and it's going to have everything that you want. And that's... That's actually really tempting. The problem is, is it's a mirage. It's deceiving. It's not real. Um, And, you know, for me, this is actually the exact thing I was caught up in um, during this time of work where I was really pursuing this thing that I thought, 
you know, was really going to give me joy. You know, as, as I was working, I was really trying to find a position in design because I thought it was going to fulfill me. I thought it was really going to define who I was. And if I could just get this position, that it would make life good because I was doing what I wanted to do. But thankfully, God actually stopped me before I wandered out 10 miles into the desert where there's no food, there's no water, it's stinking hot. You know, he actually held me back and restrained me from going too far. Um, Mixed up priorities are a real source of trouble. Uh, When we are letting our priorities get off of track, we get into trouble. You know, we start wandering out into this desert wasteland and God really wants to draw us back. And so our, our problem in life is really is that we just don't see this picture clearly. You know, we don't see when we're on the edge and starting to wander into that desert. Um, and so what, you know, the desert's kind of calling us loudly. It's saying, come out here. You know, if we have a bunch of friends who are out in the desert chasing a mirage, that's even more, you know, we kind of want to follow them. Um, we don't see that we're going into this bad place. And so what happens is that we begin to drift in life. And we actually have a problem in life, and this is a problem of drift. Um, You know, I don't think most people intentionally decide one day that they're going to take a huge leap away from God. You know, it probably does happen from time to time. But most of us don't wake up and go, you know, today I think I'm going to do whatever I can to tick God off, to rub life in his face, really to sat him. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, most of us just aren't thinking that. But despite us not having those plans, we still do wander away from God. We slowly drift away from him. You know, we move from the priorities that God has given us to other things. So I I want you guys all to imagine something. If you need to close your eyes to do this, go for it. I want you all to imagine a small boat, a little dinghy that's tied to a dock. Okay, you got this in your mind? And the wavy winds, you know, the waves are just pushing at this boat and trying to push it away from shore. You know, there's a reason that that boat has to be tied to that dock. And the reason for that is because otherwise, all of those currents, those waves that are pushing and pulling at that boat would just take it far adrift. And the reality is we're that boat. That is our life. And we live in a world of windy waves that are really trying to push at us, to pull at us, that really have its own purposes, its own attentions for us. And these do not line up with the will of God. You know, they do not align with his priorities. And so it's constantly pushing at us, trying to take us adrift. So when we're not tied down to that dock, we go adrift. Our priorities get all messed up. We end up going out to that desert, which I realize there's two analogies there. Hopefully you can keep separate. So I actually want to shift gears for a second, um, and let's look at some of those currents. You know, what are the waves that are pulling at us that, you know, try to cause us to have mixed up priorities, which then leads us into trouble where God has to try to draw our hearts back to him. You know, that same thing that the people of Judah experienced. And, you know, there's three that the book of Haggai addresses. The first is indifference. And what indifference is, is it's a, it's a lack of concern or interest. If we look back to ha- Haggai 1, 3 through 4, it can be hard to say at times, Haggai. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? The people knew 
that the temple was not making any progress in construction, you know, that it was sitting there in ruins. They saw it lying there, but really they just decided, you know, I I really rather work on building myself a nicer place. You know, I could really use an extra garage. Um, And so instead of working on the kingdom of God, they were really working on their own kingdoms. And, you know, we, as we choose uh, indifference in different areas of our life, we also drift from the will and the ways of God. Um, You know, this can happen in things like parenting. God actually calls us to, you know, train our kids in a certain way. But the reality is sometimes in life, it can just be so much easier to sit on the couch and just choose, you know, I'm not going to worry about what they're doing. I'm tired. It's fine. It's really not a big deal. And in that moment, what we're doing is we're choosing that lack of concern. We're choosing indifference. And by doing that, we're actually getting off track with the priorities that God has called us to. Um, you know, and it, 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 we're being drawn away into other things. A second current that can pull us in drift is a current of fear. And this, this comes in two forms. Um, the first is fear of man. And that's really being afraid of either what people think of us or what they may do to us. If we look at the book of Ezra, Ezra 4, 4 through 5, it says, Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purposes all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. This is actually talking about that same period of time that we're looking at in Haggai. And what we see here is that when the people of Judah returned back to Jerusalem, the people who were living in that area didn't want them to build a temple. And so they actually dissuaded them. They sought to make the people afraid so that the people stopped. And the people did. Um, The people of Judah did. Instead of trusting God that he was going to look out for them, they just decided that they would go ahead and pursue other things, take the easier route, not, you know, kind of get on the bad side of these people who are around them. And, you know, again, this can happen in our case as well. God's called us to to share um, with others about the the rich life that we can have in Jesus. But lots of times we can be afraid of I know this is true for me. I can be afraid of what are people going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm weird? You know, are they not going to want to be my friend? Um, and so sometimes we can just hold this in and not take the opportunities that God has given us. And really, that's acting upon that fear of man. Another form of fear is the fear of missing out. And this is when we, you know, get concerned that God is going to rip us off. You know, we, God, we really want fulfillment that actually comes from God. And we don't want to miss out on that and not on the good life. And so sometimes if we fear that God's not going to give it to us, we start looking to other things in life that the world says are going to bring us, us happiness. So, you know, that may come in the form of, you know, buying lots of new stuff. You know, we buy a new TV because that TV we bought three years ago didn't fulfill us. But this one's 12 inches bigger. You know, that's 12 inches more likeliness of fulfillment. You know, we can easily go after things like that. Um, it may be that, you know, we go after experiences we think are going to make us happy. You know, that may be a vacation. It may be the party life. Any sort of thing, we go after things because we're worried that God's not going to, you know, not going to fulfill what he promises. He's not going to give us that easy life. And I don't know about you, that's just such an easy thing to fall into. So that the final current that can be pulling us away, that causes our, our, us to drift, to get our priorities messed up, is discouragement. Haggai 2.3 says, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How did you see it? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? 
Some of the people who returned from Babylon, some of the people of Judah, they had actually been there and seen the original temple before it was destroyed. And so, you know, they're looking at this new temple they're starting to build, and they actually began to get discouraged, you know, thinking, you know, it's never going to be as good as it once was. And, and it's easy for us to fall into the same sort of trap, to get discouraged that whatever we're looking, working on isn't going to be as good as we want it to be, that it's not going to be perfect, that it's not going to achieve the things that it wants to achieve, that we want it to achieve. Um, and so we can get discouraged, and actually that can halt us in our tracks from actually trying to make progress. Um, or another thing we can do with discouragement is we can begin to live in the past, is really look back to this nostalgic time where we sort of thought things were better um, and really just try to live in memory of that. And so whether we are trying to live in the past or whether we're you know, not attempting to make progress in the present, um, it easily can cause us to drift away from the priorities of God because we're not doing what God is calling us to do right here and right now. So as we can see, there's actually a lot of things that are pulling us to drift. There's a lot of waves that are beating a batting, beating against us as that small little boat. Um, you know, so what do we do? Again, just think back to that little boat. Like that boat, we need to be tied down. We need to be anchored to the right things. Anchoring ourselves to a floating log or trying to lasso a wave that's moving on by, you know, ultimately we're just going to drift on, drift as this little boat. So we need to anchor ourselves to God. The Bible describes God as a, a fortress, as a refuge. And, you know, those are strong, mighty places. And we have the opportunity to anchor to God as our fortress and as our refuge. And we do this when we carefully align ourselves with God's, wills and his, with God's will and his ways when we move in step with what he is doing. Multiple times in the book of Haggai, I kind of pointed out a little bit, multiple times in the book of Haggai, God tells the people of Judah to consider your ways. Basically saying, you need to think about what you're doing right now. Um, well, just like the people of Judah, we need to be thoughtful and careful to make sure that we are syncing ourselves up with God, that we're getting in line with him. And this is an important factor that we actually need to check on regularly because we're, again, we're a people of drift. We just kind of slowly move off course. We need to regularly be checking, making sure that we are in the right place, you know, that we're tied down where we need to be. And the Bible actually gives us this rope. I'm going to go forward with this analogy. It gives us a rope, a mighty rope that can actually anchor us down to the right things, to God. And that rope has four strands. So we're going to go ahead and start by looking at those four strands. So the first of these is the Bible. As Haggai helped the people of Judah to connect the dots in life, so the Bible actually helps us connect the dots in our own life. It helps show what God is trying to do in our life, what God is trying to do through the world, and what he wants us to do as well. We therefore need to stay connected with the word of God. We need to regularly be reading it, regularly be thinking about it, and even memorizing it, getting it into our lives. The second strand of that rope is prayer. And what prayer is, is it's really the, a way that we worship God, a way that we talk back to God, really share with him what's on our hearts, and actually trust him by giving the things that we're concerned about that we want in life over to him. The third part is fellowship, and that's fellowship with believers who are going to spur us on to follow God. And this, you know, they can really help us from drifting 
and really encourage us in those times of discouragement. And finally, the fourth strand of the rope is ministry. And what ministry is, it's when we take part in what God is doing on earth. And this helps, again, keeps our priorities focused on God and what he is trying to do. Now, I I know for me, as a personal aside, ministry is one of the hardest of these four for me to do. So it's often one that I easily try to drop. The reality, though, is that we need all four parts of this rope in order to most effectively be anchored to God. So what the book of Haggai shows us is that mixed up priorities are a source of real trouble. We therefore need to be careful to align ourselves with God's will and God's ways. God is working out his eternal plans in the world, and we have a role to play in that. Um, God really invites us to join with him and experience real joy, real blessing, a real abundant and good life as we, as we join with him in what he is doing. But he, however, also allows us to experience hardship and the consequences of getting our, our priorities messed up, of wandering out into that desert. So we really have a choice. We can either choose to walk in the forest or we can choose to walk in the desert. Well, I'm going to go ahead and begin wrapping up this morning. I'm going to invite the band back up. Um, every week we have something next, called Next Steps. And really these are an opportunity for you to think through ways that you might want to apply some of the things that you learned today. Um, and really it's just an opportunity for us to get the word of God into our lives. So the first next step is you could identify or ask God to identify areas in life where lack of traction is because of mixed up priorities. And again, you know, we experience this in life. So maybe look for areas where you aren't making any traction and just ask God, is this because I have some priorities that are in the wrong place? Another thing you could do is you could ask God to give you opportunities to join him in what he is doing in the people around you. God has a mission on this earth and we have the opportunity to be a part of it. And so you can ask him, just show me in my daily walk, my daily life, different times when I can join with you. Or you can come up with your own. And I actually have one more suggestion for you. Um, If you're not a part of a group, I really encourage you to sign up for a group, whether that's a C group here at Church in the Valley or whether that's one of the groups that are designed for you as a part of Christian Challenge. And, And the reason for that is in group life, we study the Word of God, we spend time praying together, and we're with other believers. We can be with other believers who are going to encourage us and challenge us. And that also gives us a team of people that we can do ministry with. So really, groups are a great way to experience that rope that helps anchor us to God. So again, I just really encourage you, if you haven't signed up for a group or haven't joined a group of Christian Challenge, that you go ahead and do that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us this morning, and we'll continue worshiping. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you can uh, connect the dots in our lives between what we're experiencing and and the realities that are going on. Uh, We thank you that we have the opportunity to live in the lush forest, that we have an opportunity to have a joyful, abundant life with you, God. Pray that you would just help us to see where we are getting off track, where we're wandering away from you, and just give us the courage to uh, realign and to experience the joy of life with you. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.